1: morning, Cleveland. Well, if you must know, I'm still in Detroit and I'm about to fly Detroit to Chicago, Chicago to London. And I'm here with the one, the only, the guy that beat me at a 40-yard dash, <laughs> the Brown Superfan. How are you, buddy?
0: Hey, Paul. I'm doing great, man. Uh, did
1: you get all, <clears throat> how are your legs? I've actually sprained my ankle at the moment, but uh, that's, nothing, oh, no. that's nothing to do with you uh, beating me. And uh, Mate, um, the vlog that I did in Cleveland will go live, hopefully, in the next two, three days when I've actually got some time to finish editing it.
0: I feel you, man. That editing can take, can take a long time, but good to see you. Good to hear your voice, and I'm uh, glad
1: you're, uh, you're back uh, stateside. Yeah, awesome. Well, look, mate, I just want to get some of your thoughts and opinions on a few things. Um, Desmond Harrison has left the Browns. Um, myself, I was quite gutted. He was my undrafted free agent that I followed last year. Yeah. Um, what it sounds like, and this is third, uh, third-hand third news, is that he missed a flight and he had a poor attitude. And I think yeah, maybe, maybe he just wasn't uh, consistent enough to do that uh, tackle position. So, uh, yeah, he's been cut, which is a shame. I know Nathan Zaguru was also a fan, but uh, life goes on. And if we're going to be a Super Bowl team, we can't get emotionally attached to players we like
0: yeah exactly and from from some of the stuff that I had read and seen as well it it was uh it was more of a message I think that Dorsey was sending that the expectations for this team is not um is not what what you can do or what your potential is it's what can you do right now for this team and being late, missing flights, things like that. That's just not going to fly anymore. The expectations are too high, um, for the team, uh, for the city, the fans, like this is not the Browns of old where if you have some upside, you know, we'll hang on to you and maybe, maybe you'll develop. It's, it's what can you do right now?
1: Yeah. Freddie, Freddie Kitchens just said, we just decided to move on with Desmond Harrison. So, uh, yeah. uh it's a shame, but look, uh, yeah, upwards and onwards and uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna move on from there mate I've got a question to ask you is um mate this is a tough one what's your view as a Browns fan on Duke Johnson right now i tell you
0: what it's a it's a heartbreaker uh the other day I was having a beverage out of one of my uh commemorative cups from the stadium with hit with uh with old Duke Johnson on it and uh <clears throat> you know, perennial fan favorite and, uh, seeming like, you know, again, requesting the trade saying there's no way to mend the relationship. Um, you know, there's definitely, he's, he's definitely, uh, feels like he's been, he's been unappreciated by the organization. Um, so that's tough. It, uh, you, you definitely would think that he would want to be on this train, you know, to go to what, to go to what Baker said, you're either on the train or you're not. Um, I think I, I liked uh, kind of what Baker had to say about it when he was asked. And, um, you know, there, <clears throat> again, it kind of goes back to that same thing about expectations. Um, I feel like there's got to be a way that, you know, Freddie and, and Munken and, and all of them would be able to get him involved, especially with, with Kareem Hunt being out for the first half of the season that uh, I can't imagine that there would be anywhere else that you'd really want to be as a running back, especially with a teammate like Nick Chubb. And uh, you know, I know Hilliard's still in the mix. We'll see what happens with the final roster, but it'd be really sad to see a talent like that go, especially one that has been has been on the team through one and fifteen, zero and sixteen, and is really beloved by the rest of by the rest of the the city. So. I guess only time will tell, Um, you know, Freddie didn't really mince words either. He said he's on the roster. He's under contract. I can't imagine that other teams seeing that situation are going to offer tons of, you know, offer tons in return because they know they don't necessarily have to. So hopefully this doesn't turn into a Le'Veon Bell
1: situation. No, I don't think it will. He's he's at the training camp, and uh, he's obviously saying he's going to do everything he can. One interesting point is that running backs do get bashed up quite a lot. Now, today on paper, we've got four that sound great running backs. Let's put Hilliard in there. He's having a great OTA. Yeah. Duke, Duke goes, or he loses his head. Chubb or Hilliard get injured. We then suddenly got one running back. Until week week eight, so um, yeah, it sounds great on paper at the moment that we've got Hunt, Chubb, Johnson, Hilliard. But yeah, we're, we're kind of <laughs> day one, week one. We're at right the second with Johnson head not in the right place. We've only got two running backs. You're not wrong. That's exactly
0: what happened uh, <clears throat> at the beginning of last year. On paper, the the wide receiver room looked great. We had you know a bunch of guys, and then you know in a kind of a snap of a finger a couple guys go down with injury a couple guys you know are are dismissed from the team and then we're we're left with one guy and then a bunch of a bunch of other guys that aren't that are di- either different or that were upgraded from the practice squad or that were special teamers that are now taking starter reps at a skill position so Exactly. I think, um, I don't know, again, I just don't, you know, you can't really know what's in a guy's head, especially with all the misinformation that gets put out in the media and everybody's, everybody's bias. Um, you know, take it or leave it as far as what you think about the, the Cleveland sports media. Um, but it, I really hope it gets resolved and we see, we see Duke in, uh, in Brown and orange in uh, 2019. That would be a, be a formidable backfield.
1: Yeah. But like what he's saying is um, it's not great. His body language and his uh, saying, well, there's nothing that can be fixed. You know, he should, he shouldn't be saying that in my eyes, just because it doesn't make him very good. If we are going to trade him, you know, what, what are we going to, what are we going to get from him? And uh, he's just kind of his body language is, or his attitude is, hurting everything. So him saying he yeah. for the Browns is great. The words are great. But yet yeah, you can clearly see his his attitude is well, the Browns didn't tell you that they put me on the training block a month before and I'm just trying to trying to uh come out and meet the middle ground. So um Right. And
0: up and <clears throat> up until now he had been he had been, you know, the the guy that just came in and, and did his job. Um I can't imagine that the way that he's, the way that he's going about this is going to make him look super attractive to other teams either. Um, someone that if he's not happy isn't going to be a team player. Not to say that he hasn't been up until now, and like you said, and like we all know, he is there at mandatory camp and all that, so he's he's doing his job. But it's still just definitely not the noise that you want to hear. You want to hear, you know, relationships being made and and getting in sync with. Offense, and you know, you want to see those guys really starting to come together as a cohesive unit instead of being upset that they're not traded yet.
1: Yeah, so if um, if Johnson's head's not in the right place, whatever. We've got two other running backs on the roster at the moment: a guy called Traynon Gray and the Ernest uh, Johnson. So uh, watch your space; these two could be making the roster due to uh, injuries or. Yeah, Duke's not in the right place. But anyway, let's let's move on. Let's be a bit more positive. OBJ, what right did press conference?
0: I liked it, man. It was everything that you wanted to hear in in a in a superstar that you you know finally get to see him in a in an orange helmet um, catching passes from Baker Mayfield and uh, him talking about being giddy and um you know hanging banners and and winning championships that's the kind of stuff you want to hear from you know your your superstar wide receiver you see him with his i'm sure you've seen his uh his Bra- Cleveland Browns themed Rolls-Royce yeah uh <clears throat> like those kinds of things let uh, he's letting all the Cleveland Browns fans know that he's 100% if not more uh, dedicated to this team, and it's not just about you know the money or or anything like that, or about his celebrity stature. That he's he he wants to be that guy on the field that is that is helping this franchise bring home a Lombardi Trophy.
1: Yeah, for myself, um, I'm a bit of a watch fan, and he's got a uh, Richard Mill watch, which is probably about 150 thousand US dollars on his wrist. And he's got it customized to be orange already. So uh it's not just the uh Rolls Royce, but the watch he's wearing isn't cheap and he's customized that for Cleveland Browns.
0: Right. That that's that extra level of dedication that ball. um that's nice to see for, for sure to to know that it is it is it's not a <clears throat> I'm excited to see him on the field and I don't even think we'll even see him at we'll even see Everything that he has to offer until, you know, week one against the Titans when he really, you know, he's one of those guys that plays with a ton of emotion and um, which is great, especially in a skill position like that. And the amount of talent that he has that he can, he has levels that we won't see until the regular season and uh, the stuff that we're seeing now, even, you know, with helmets on, but without pads and without contact is just incredible.
1: Yeah, I saw him, it was on one clip, I haven't seen a lot of it online, he jumps up one-handed yesterday and catches a ball, and I thought, yeah, talent. Just just hope he doesn't get injured, and uh, yeah. The main thing I liked about the conference is not his words, he said, was his uh, body language once again, and his attitude. Yeah. Um. Everyone was, not trying to put him under the bus, but trying to create a reaction from him. He was super chill, super cool. You know he's saying all the right things. It's about the team, not about him and uh, yeah that's that's what you want in a superstar,
0: absolutely, and that you know take it or leave it. That's the job of the of the press to try to get reactions out of people to get a story. But I really doubt there's anything that the Cleveland media can can say or do that the New York media hasn't already done um to him. You know, and that that scene is is way crazier and way way more vicious than than here. But you're right. Just the his whole demeanor. You know, everybody tries to portray him as this diva off the field, and he's just a chill guy that you know doing a lot of hard work. At, back in L. A., comes in when he's supposed to for for mandatory stuff, and just comes in and does his job. He's the he's the professional that you want. Um, and he's young still too. So some of the other guys that we have, we still have a really young team that they're going to be able to see Odell Beckham Jr. coming in, doing his job and the way that he goes about being a professional. That kind of stuff, to to borrow a term from Jarvis Landry, is contagious, but in a good way.
1: Yeah, and then um, OTAs. uh, Obviously, we had uh, Hayden on yesterday. gave us a bit of an inside. Day two, I was working late last night, so I haven't seen a lot Done a bit of social media reporting and it says this Giuseppe's meant to have a really good day yesterday. So the uh r- the return specialist got a couple of touchdowns, so quite quite excited about to see if he actually does make the roster. And um yeah, a lot of lot of talk around Corbett playing centre, right guard at the moment. So uh be interesting to see where he actually sits on this uh O line. Obviously with Treta, I I can't see him starting centre, but you just never know in the NFL, what could happen between now and September?
0: So there was that, but, um, just being able, just being able to, uh, to have him there and to have that, you know, emergency backup is great. But then also with, uh, with having a dedicated return guy, I know we we used a couple of different guys back there for punts and kickoffs to, you know, to go back to the days of um, Josh Cribbs, where we had a guy that the rest of the league feared and actively kicked away from, would be fantastic. And then you're not putting out a um, you're not putting out one of your starters, um, on either defense or offense back there trying to return kicks or punts. That it's somebody that can really. Study that craft and really be only concerned about about that and running forward instead of dancing back and forth and losing yards
1: potentially. Mm. And I just want to finish up the podcast by saying uh, a lot of people may not know this. Obviously, we hang out in Cleveland. I, I got to know the real super fan. But you work <laughs> for uh, uh, Dayton um, Electric Board, and uh, how has been uh, Dayton since this uh, tornado hit? hit the town
0: yeah we had a uh, we had upwards of 10 confirmed tornadoes uh, that came through on a week ago monday night so memorial day night going into tuesday morning um i was at work when it all kind of happened and was there until about six o'clock the next morning lots of lots of infrastructure damage lots of property damage um but it's been it's been great to see the um the communities and several different communities of different, um, of different classes of different races. It, you know, it, at that point, it doesn't matter. There's already the hashtag out. You know, Dayton Strong. Um, we're about three hours away from <clears throat> from Cleveland, but um, to really see communities and people come together and just help each other when they're down, and uh, it's been great. We're we're almost back to where we need to be. Um, almost have everybody. Uh, back with power that that either still has a home or it's safe to be able to give them power but there are thousands of people that um, don't have a home anymore like literally it's just not there so I think the highest there was one of the tornadoes got upgraded to an EF4 which is one of the most powerful tornadoes that there that there is so um, it it came out of nowhere it happened fast and the devastation has been pretty great but great to see um the communities and stuff come together and help yep. each other out
1: mate it's awful mate and uh you can't really pull it into content until it actually happens to a friend or a family member and uh, yeah just seeing your tweets mate um yeah really hit home how close it is to uh, cleveland and um mate so all these people that are homeless at the moment where they staying? who's looking after them
0: well, we've got <clears throat> the Red Cross came in uh, pretty immediately and, you know, utilized different churches, schools to set up temporary um, housing for people. And then um, once they were able to assess their their individual properties damage, um, I know the, the U.S., the national government, uh, the FEMA has come in and are looking to place people in, um, you know, in temporary housing. So it's not just like, you know, at a church or a school and a gym, you know, sleeping on cots, but a lot of, a lot of these people, um, the church that I work at and go to for a, for a little while was also a, a temporary shelter and has since turned it back over to the Red Cross, but some people don't have anything left and they're you know, it's one of the nice things about, um, you know, our government and being able to, to come in and help people when, when disaster when natural disasters like this strike. So there's people are, some people are going to be rebuilding for years. Um, Some people were just, were able to grab whatever they could, whatever they could carry. And that's all the personal belongings they have and everything else was destroyed. So it, uh, it definitely makes you, definitely makes you think, you know, what if that had happened to my house, what would I do? And you know, what, what's most important. And obviously that's, you know, family and 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 friends and things like that, but then also your neighbor. Um, it's it's just great to see people of all uh, incomes, races, backgrounds. It doesn't matter at that point; they're all Daytonians and and they're all uh,
1: willing to help out. So it's it's been great, but there's still a lot of work to be done. Yeah, mate, and mate, um, in between the Bills and the Steelers game, I'm hoping to come out to Ohio. So it'd be amazing if you can uh, maybe give me a tour. Show me a bit around and uh, yeah, go from there. That'd be perfect, man. Um, mate, I just want to say, finish up the podcast by saying, mate, thank you so much for all your support with uh, my mates uh, in the UK charity. He raised uh, nearly 22,000 pounds, so about 25,000, maybe 30,000 US dollars. Um, but there was an incident on the rally or the, or the bike where his, his co-rider, um, Got hit by a car, and he's now in um, uh, intensive care. So uh, when I go back to London, finally, I'm going to go and visit him. And uh, yeah, it's it's nuts. You do all this good stuff, and then something bad hits you. And uh, uh, I haven't told anyone this, but when I was in America, I won't say where I was helping Matthew out. My car got um, windows all smashed in. So it's part of life. It's a roller coaster life, but I'm sure it only makes you stronger.
0: Absolutely. I got a I got a chance to <clears throat> connect with Callum a little bit and um that was great uh, over over Facebook and um really great to get to talk to him but yeah, super tragic what happened to his to his uh to his buddy and we're hoping that um you know all is well with him and he's able to get out of the ICU and and get onto the road to recovery but um happy to see the amount of money that Callum was able to raise and then hopefully maybe we'll be able to help out his friend as well.
1: yeah uh, one step at a time Uh, yeah yeah, um, and yeah fine off and mate thanks a lot for your help with Matthew Dixon Um, it was great and obviously you got to meet the uh, legend himself uh, Mr. Kitchen
0: that was uh, that was pretty incredible Um, and just the most down-to-earth guy Um, obviously was not a PR stunt Um, stayed and was and took pictures and shook hands with the I don't know two dozen people that were that were out there in front of First Energy. Um, <clears throat> was one of the most genuine guys that I've ever seen. And then you think, oh my gosh, this guy is the head coach of a professional football team.
1: Yeah, uh, wow. it was really
0: great. Yep, absolutely. All right, buddy. Where can we find your details? Uh, on Twitter, it's at uh, BrownSuperfan underscore, and uh, Instagram is just at BrownSuperfan so uh i'm bouncing around on those two platforms uh and
1: um yeah we'll we'll uh we'll talk to you next time excellent and you can actually listen to yourself in the car on the commute uh coming coming home all right you take care buddy go browns hey go browns